All right, Heather, sing me a song about having fake psychic abilities that you sometimes use strictly for personal gain, but more often than not, you use to solve crimes. Okay. Um, I'm just going to go with their theme song. I know, you know, that I'm not telling the truth. I know, you know, something, something, something. Well, that's a loss because I was looking for the theme song for The Mentalist. Oh, see, I didn't even know they had a theme song. Oh, no, I'm sure it does. Other I've never actually like watched it. Oh. <laughs> but also, right in the middle of it, you just started saying something, something, something. So you obviously don't know this song well enough. So it's still a loss. I disagree. Because, I mean, you got the gist of it. Mm, it just isn't what I asked for. I didn't ask for a gist of a song. Like a half point then? Because I did do the first, like, no, line I don't give or half two. Points. Okay. Even if I have before, I don't anymore. Okay. So, on that note, I'll cue our theme song. Hey, Cinefans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. Cinema Slayers, Cinema Slayers podcast. I'm Sterling, and I am joined today by Heather, and we are going to be doing a bonus episode for you guys about Psych 2. Uh, oh, shit, what's the rest of the title? Lassie Come Home or something like that? Yes. Yes, Psych 2, Lassie Come Home, which is exclusively on the Peacock streaming platform. Uh, we are going to talk about what we like, didn't like, and everything in between with that movie. But we will also be talking about, just in general, about Psych, the TV show in the first movie, and a little bit about that, just to kind of set the tone for all this. Because uh, me and Heather are the only two of, of of the three that have seen all of the Psych, so um, we figured we'd do an episode on this. So let's go ahead and start with uh, Heather. Just kind of give me your in general impressions of Psych, and just like your like a little little short summary of your history with it. So this is a a show that I didn't actually start watching until probably a couple of years into it being on. Um I think it took me to be honest, it did take me a minute to get into it. Like I want to say maybe the first couple of episodes were kind of like iffy and then and then I got really into it. You, you just got to stick it out for a couple episodes. And then it's just really funny. Um, my my mom was a huge fan of this show. She's actually the one that even told me about this show. And I was like, you know, it was I actually started watching it right after I moved um, to Chicago. And I was just, you know, in between jobs. I hadn't I hadn't really actually found a job in Chicago yet. So, you know, while I had some time to spare, I was just watching stuff. So I got into it that way. And, um, it's just so funny. Like I have said it at least a few times before on other episodes that psych is now one of my favorite shows. Um, it's one of the funniest shows to me. It's one of my go-to shows. If I just want something funny on or familiar or just something feel good. Um, so that's definitely, that is my my current status of how I feel about psych. <laughs> um, yeah, it did take me a minute or two to, to sort of get there. But once I did, 
you just really lean into it. And it's such a good show. It's very clever. It's very well written. It's, um, it's witty. It's, it's smart. It's unique. Um, and it's just got a really great cast of people with awesome dynamics, which is something that you definitely see even mostly even throughout the movies and stuff too. But definitely in the show, you know, you just watch these characters develop and it's just consistently funny throughout the run of the show, which was, I believe, eight seasons. Um, so it's, it's just such a great show and I cannot recommend it enough. It's, I, I think it's a fairly popular show, but I still find people here and there that are like, oh, I've never seen it or, oh, I've never heard of it. And I'm just like, you are totally missing out. So definitely it is a must-see show in my opinion. And I still, even on a consistent basis, you know, watch through it um, every couple of months, at least a, a few episodes here and there, or like a season here and there. So definitely a show that I love a lot. I kind of lucked out with Psych because I actually used to watch a ton of Monk and I loved Monk. I, I started watching Monk with its first episode. I loved watching Monk and Psych actually just ended up one year coming on after Monk on USA on a Friday night. And so then I ended up watching the first episode of Psych, not necessarily planning to. Hadn't heard anything about it because this was the first episode ever. You know, this was the pilot episode and everything like that. And I mean, I thought it was really intriguing. So I kind of just started watching it from the beginning. Um, there was one point, though, I, I wasn't able to watch it. I want to say it was around season four or five or something like that. Uh, I wasn't able to really watch it. And then I came back to it again later. And I have since watched it. Uh, but just kind of in general, I've just kind of been around with psych for, since the beginning. Um, and you know, so I watched the first few seasons as they aired and I watched the, uh, the last few seasons as they aired, it was just kind of in the middle, uh, that yeah, I, wasn't I feel able like to. the middle, the middle, I think is like where it gets super good. I, I feel like four and five are probably some of my favorite seasons, but you, you were in from like the first episode, like it's something that immediately well, grabbed you. I just looked at the dates. So I watched the first season as it aired. It was the second and third season. I wasn't able to watch because okay, that's when I was going through like Naval boot camp and all that other stuff. So I missed that part of it. And then I got back into it, I think around season five, I just kind of said, okay. fuck it and started watching it again and watched it all the way through till it ended. And, uh, so yeah, that was kind of how it happened with me was it was, I watched all of season one, you know, then had to stop and then came back to it. So that's, that's where, uh, I got into it. And I think the only episode I hadn't seen before it ended was I hadn't seen the musical episode by the mm -hmm. time psych ended. I hadn't seen the musical episode and it wasn't cause I'm against musicals or anything like that is if anybody's listened to this, I absolutely love them. It's just, I, th that was one of the hardest ones to then go find and watch was the musical episode. It was very easy to watch seasons and all this other stuff. Well, easier, but it was hard to just go find the musical episode. And so that's why I hadn't seen it yet. Uh, but, you know, with iTunes and all this other technology and whatnot, I was, you know, able to finally watch that episode. Um, it's a good one. 
I like that one a lot. I like that they kind of just made it an ancillary story. And yeah. Di- and didn't make it like a vital part of a season. Yeah. It's just kind of like a one-off, you know, special almost. Well, I mean, I know most musical episodes are fillers anyway, but I just kind of hate them when they interrupt the normal story of the season. Because even in, in, in most, you know, TV series and stuff like that, that do have season-long arcs and stuff like that, you know, each episode might be self-contained, but they'll have elements that contribute to the overall, like, half-season arc or the overall season arc. You know, little elements here and there. And I just always kind of hate it when they do a musical episode because it'll be 100% filler or it's 100% ridiculous and they're still trying to tie it into the story of the season. And it's just kind of like, oh, that's dumb. Whereas, you Mm -hmm. know, with Psych the Musical, I feel like it it carries, it, it, it adds to the story of the overall show. You know, having, uh, what's her name there? Uh, yeah, Yin. Yeah, Yin. Yang. It was Yin, right? Yeah. Yeah, so they have Yin in a lot of it. And, you know, you've got uh, Mary making a cameo and stuff like that. So by tying that into it, you still are adding to the overall mythos that Psych created for its overall show. But it's not needed to tie itself directly into that season or any of that stuff. So yeah. with with that, I, I, I do appreciate it. And I think it's also like with some musicals that they put in shows, it's super random and just out of place, which they probably do it on purpose. But for this show, it kind of makes sense to do one because a lot of what they do is they just make up random, you know, singing and dancing. You know, they have scenes of that throughout the whole show. They just love to sing and just be goofy and it makes sense to do it for this show because it's very in character with kind of how they are anyway with the show. No, that's true. And, and also with this, like it, I thought it was nice that they built it around an actual musical play. Mm -hmm. So then that kind of helped round out some of the, the reasonings behind it too. Right. But so like with that, like what are some of the like standout episodes for you? Like throughout the show and stuff like that. Yeah. So, oh man, there's so many good ones. Um, I do think from some of the earlier episodes, I really like the, the black and tan episode where they're models or they go undercover as models. Um, it just, the dynamic with them is just so funny. And I do think probably, and it's weird because I'm pretty sure it was like the last episode of the first season was, it was called Scary Sherry. Um, where they go undercover at a sorority house um, of this place where they think is haunted. And that I feel like they just really, if they finally had come into their own with that episode. I mean, they had done it with other ones before, but I feel like that episode really kind of put them on the map as like, man, this show is going to be so funny going forward. Because you know how sometimes, I mean, and we've talked about it before too, with like Parks and Rec or shows like that where after a first season or two is when it gets better. Um, and I feel like Psych had some really great episodes in the first season, but from that point on, I just feel like they killed it with almost every episode. And so that one stands out for me. And, and like I was saying before, seasons four and five are some of my favorites. And I think it's because their characters are more developed. Like you kind of know who they are as people. Their dynamic is getting a little bit more comfortable. Like even... 
um, even like Sean and Gus with Juliet and Lassiter, like just their whole dynamic together at that point is so great. Um, like there's, there's the one episode where Gus is in like an acapella group. Um, <laughs> and then there's one where like Lassie has them help him do a case for like this old Western town that he used to go to as a kid. Like those are some of my favorites. And, um, but then, you know, I, there's just, there's so many good ones. Like there's one where it's like, um, it's got Fre- the one with Freddie Prince Jr. in it. Do you remember that one where it's like the, the alien encounters one where they think that it's an alien abduction? Um, well, yeah. And he's, that one, he was like the, their nerd friend from school. And now he just seems like this, like super rich, like jock super cool guy. jock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That one is always very funny to me. And then of course, like an all time favorite has to be last night, Gus. You know, and then I love the food truck episode, too. I think that's a great episode um, from I think that's the last season and the vampire episode. I mean, there's just so many good ones that you can't really say, like, I only have one or two favorites. But throughout the seasons, I would say those are some that definitely stick out for me. Uh, some of the ones I'm really partial to are, are a lot of the yin and yang episodes that tend to be your like season premieres and season finales of a lot of seasons right in the middle. Yeah, uh, especially because some of those is when you actually start seeing like the emotional depth of the Sean character. Like mm-hmm. he's typically able to always kind of like, you know, breeze past a lot of stuff. But the yin and yang episodes weigh heavily on him, even like throughout the show, like once they start happening, like they do take a toll on him as a character. It's one of the reasons why I believe that the character Mary ends up coming back in the movies and stuff like that as like hallucinations or dreams or anything like that is a lot of it has to do with his guilt because I feel like he blames Mary's death a lot on himself and just a lot of those aspects. Like, I think it really kind of weighs on him a lot and you know, the, the villains of yin and yang kind of bring that out of him, that emotional burden of that he carries. And because he's, for the most part, his quote unquote gifts have, he doesn't have any consequences to him. Really. He's just able to get by with them. You know, it always just works out. And the yin and yang stories show that there can be consequences to him playing psychic detective. And I think that really kind of adds to it later in the show. When, uh, uh, Juliet finds out about it. And about, you know, his quote unquote fake psychiatry. And, you know, that was one of the ramifications of it. And I think the yin and yang episodes kind of helps set that up better. Because like when he made it through yin and yang, and then he has now this consequence, a lot of the first episodes of it really show that he has, that at that point he still thinks he can do this consequence free because he made it past him. And I think that really helps develop that storyline because he's still seeing that there's consequences and he can't breeze past it. You know, he's still, it, it, it really kind of plays into that whole Spider-Man aspect of things with the uncle Ben with great power comes great responsibility type of stuff that it shows him like those were the first moments you get to see him see that there is a responsibility to what he does. And I think that that's what really sets the tone for what's happening in the Juliet storyline later is those aspects it just plays out in a different way where it's not life or death but it's the whole 
will he lose the love of his life because of that still? Yeah. You know, and then uh, some of the other ones too that I really like is the, I guess I like the ones that really kind of play into some of the more serious aspects because I love the, uh, was it Santa Barbara town, you know, where Mm -hmm. his dad ends up getting shot and he has to go find who shot his dad and all this other stuff. Those ones that end up leaning into the seriousness and bring out that serious tone in Sean. I really kind of appreciate those episodes. Uh, I guess one of the other ones I really love is the dual spires episode. Uh, (laughs) Yes, that's a good one. Because it's just a big fan reunion of Twin Peaks. Right. A lot of the people in that show or in that episode are uh, ex-Twin Peaks uh, actors, including uh, Ray Wise, who plays the uh, like Catholic priest principal of like their Catholic school, I guess, growing up. Oh, I didn't realize he was in Twin Peaks. Yeah, yeah. He plays the dad of the girl that dies in Twin Peaks in the first episode. Um, yeah, that's why he shows up again in that episode and stuff like that. Is it's yeah, that's just he was in it from the beginning because of you know, or not from the beginning, from whatever he shows up in the show is that reoccurring character. That's because of his Twin Peaks connection, because you know, that was a big like show for them back in the day and so when they duel the, they do the dual spires episode, which is a huge, huge mock episode of like the storyline of Twin Peaks. It's just one gigantic mocking of Twin Peaks, but done in a very like, it's not a mean tone. It's a very like, like honoring tone to it. Right. Like in, in honoring of the show. Well, yeah. it's kind of like Shaun of the Dead where Shaun of the Dead is making fun of zombie movies. It's also in turn makes a really good zombie movie whilst making fun of zombie movies. And that's what this, that episode does is it makes fun of twin peaks like hardcore, but it just does so in such a loving referential manner. Uh, But that's why Ray wise comes back in that episode and like tracks them down and stuff uh, because he was a twin peaks character. So, okay. I do think it's funny that they, in that one, they made the, the kid that played the the boyfriend, he did look a lot like the who's the main guy from Twin Peaks, um, who's also in Showgirls. Kyle <laughs> Laughlin, if I'm thinking right. Yes. His name. So he looks a lot like that, like him. And I mean, I feel like that had to have been on purpose, but I just thought that was funny. Like, it's just clever how they it, it just every episode I feel like is very meticulous like it's very thought out it's not just thrown together for the sake of it to get like one or two laughs but it's very it's got very subtle things about it in every episode that for one you might not even catch it at at first or it might be something that you know you just like you it's not initially something that you you see as like a funny thing and then you think back on it and you're like oh that's that that makes sense i get why they did that that's funny and they do so many like deep references to like 80s stuff and um but just in general like the writing and the jokes and everything everything that they do to put the show together is so thought out and i think that's what makes it so good because it doesn't have to be over the top i mean it is over the top but it it doesn't have to be like i'm just throwing a bunch of stuff together to get these like two punchlines out for this this episode 
It's just everything throughout, like interwoven into the episodes is just clever. And, and I think you're right too about, um, the yin and yang episodes because the writing of that, like they're, they're just really good mystery episodes. And, um, I, I just appreciated that too because they're, they're very good at doing the serious ones that mix well with the, um, the funny ones, like even the one where um, Sean ends up getting shot and he's um, in the back of the trunk and he's like trying to give people like signs of where he is so they can find him. That was a funny one, but it was also a very serious one. And I just I also appreciate the ones where they, they kind of mix both. And it just really kind of shows the depth of uh, James Roday. Um, but just the depth of the show in general and the, some of, some of the best ones are really like the, the ones that are either more somber or like the ones where they're kind of paying tribute to scary movies and stuff like that because they do them well. Like even the, um, Tuesday, the 17th one where it's basically like a take on Jason movies, (laughs) you know, um, it's just clever. It's so well done. It's not like you feel like you're trying to be funny and you're not. They do make it funny every time, but they also can make it serious at points. So it's it's just very... And I think that's why it's just so rewatchable for me too, because there might be something I forgot happened or I missed the first time I saw it that I'll catch later on that I'm like, it's still funny because they do just so many random things in there, you know? Well, I think one of the good things about the show is the fact that I think very few things can get the mileage out of references that this show was able to do because Mm -hmm. psych as a whole is very, very reference heavy just across the board. Oh yeah. Super reference heavy, but they very rarely stick to the same references. They'll constantly evolve the references. They'll constantly reference new things. And with that, it kind of helps it get more mileage than a lot of other things would in that regard, because they kind of do so in a way that normal people tend to reference things like, you know, it's you like you have that trope, like in horror movies, especially nowadays, where you'll have the person that's just, you know, the utter fan of horror movies and they know all the cliches and tropes of horror. And they're like, oh, that's just like this one random fucking horror movie that nine people ever saw in the world. And of course, they've seen it. And that always feels fake because they're like having to specifically point out that reference and stuff like that. Whereas in this one, you know, like (laughs) an episode I watched recently is the one where it's the high school reunion episode, which is where what's her name? Rachel Lee Cook shows up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they make a lot of like high school john hughes movie references but like you know whenever he's like walking to a car and his like dad sitting in the car in the metal shop room and you know he makes some pretty and pink references and that's very Mm -hmm. natural for that setting especially given the type of person that sean is yeah it's never forced yeah and so that kind of helps you know they'll make their references for whatever the theme of the episode quote unquote is so with that episode being very high school heavy it's a lot of high school comedies like especially the john hughes movies they just kind of lean on those and it just works very well in that instance yeah that's true they pick their moments well with it yeah so uh with all of that 
Um, let's kind of go ahead and move a little bit into like just kind of some in general thoughts about the first psych movie. Yeah. So that one and that, that movie I want to say came out maybe three years ago at this point. Um, yeah, it came out in 2017. Yeah. 2017. So, and this was a little bit after the show had ended at least a couple of years. Um, I want to say it ended in 15, maybe. 14 or 15. Um, but it, it, it was a well, few years. Yeah. The last uh-huh. season started in 2014 and that was yeah, a short okay. season. So it either ended in 14 also, or it ended in mm-hmm. 15. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it was only like eight episodes or something in that last season. Um, but you know, and I was, I was super excited about the idea of a psych movie because I mean, I could just watch the show forever. They could have done several more seasons and I would have continued to watch it. Um, you know, I, and I do also appreciate that they kind of went out on top in a sense, like they didn't drag it out to where it felt like it was getting boring or repetitive, really. Um, so I did appreciate that about it. But yeah, I mean, I was very excited about the idea of this movie. Um, it was unfortunately not as good as I wanted it to be. And I, I, I always chalk it up to either the fact that, you know, they've been out of these characters for a while now. I mean, they were doing, they did so many episodes as these characters, but then it was years, you know, it was at least a couple of years before they were in character for them again. So maybe, you know, they just were a little bit rusty on how to be these characters. Sometimes it worked well. Like, I mean, sometimes they, you could tell, like, you felt like you were going right back into the world of Sean and Gus and all of that. But there were there were just some some things where you feel like it wasn't quite the same as it was when the show was going. And um, the the movie, I the storyline is fine. I, I do enjoy the storyline. I do like how it kind of picks up where it left off at the end of the series um, with, you know, Sean being on a specific mission and things like that. And they, you know, they eventually had moved to a different city, all of them together and all of that. So I do enjoy that. They picked up on kind of where they left off in a sense. Sean and Gus's relationship is still very much the same. And that's always kind of obviously one of my favorite parts about it. But there are some characters that were a little bit disappointing in this, uh, the first one. Like, for example, I don't think that Sean and Juliet's chemistry in the movie is as good as it is in the show itself. And I realize that that's probably more behind the scenes reasons, but it just had a different feel. It felt a little off and you could just sense it in the movie. And then I don't like what they did with um, Sean's dad's character where they kind of made him going through like a midlife crisis type of thing where he just randomly became a hipster and all this other stuff. I don't really like that because Sean's dad was the way he was for a reason. And it just made his character so great that he was just this, you know, um, I'm by the book on everything and this is how things should always be. And I don't want to change anything. And, you know, just very like that stern dad type of thing. And he was so great at that. And I loved his character about that. Cause I think that he, you could just see from how his character was done in the show, that that's a lot of why Sean has developed the way he is and a lot of issues that Sean has 
is due to his dad and how his dad raised him and things like that. So to change his character up so much in this movie was very jarring and weird and unnecessary. Um, you know, and unfortunately, Lassiter, uh, Timothy Omenson, he was in it for maybe what, three or four minutes tops, maybe if that, <laughs> maybe two or three minutes. Um, because unfortunately, you know, he was actually, um, you know, he had a stroke right before filming ended or something like that. And, um, so he couldn't be in the movie, which was also sad because Lassiter's dynamic with Sean and Gus is also one of the best things about the movie, but understandably why it couldn't quite be that way. Um, they may do it with what they had, but yeah, it was just, it, it had the feel, it had the psych feel like normal, but you just felt like it wasn't as intricately thought out as the show itself. The movie felt a little bit, um, it, it still had a lot of the same elements, but I just think because of how the character, some of the characters were so different, it seemed like it was, um, and then having Lassiter kind of removed from it altogether, you know, it was a little bit less than I wanted it to be. Some reasons, rightfully so, but it was still a good movie and it still, you know, kind of gave me the, the good psych feels that I like from the show. So I definitely still enjoyed it, just not as much as I would have liked to enjoy it. See, that's kind of where you and me differ on this is the fact that I really enjoyed the first uh, first movie. It, for one, and spoilers for that movie, it ties in very well into what I was talking about. Some of my favorite storylines of Psych with the whole yin and yang thing. And also with that, like, I think the reasonings behind having the, the Juliet and Sean characters not quite having the same chemistry, I think made a lot of sense in this storyline. And and with that, it it to me it just worked very well. I think a lot of the things they did in that movie kind of made sense, especially because they did have to rewrite the movie because of, like you said, of uh Lassie Stroke in real life. And so they had to, you know, change some stuff around. And so I think they were able to kind of piece it together very well. I do like the fact that they they did make fun of Maggie Lawson, who plays Juliet, being in a Hallmark movie, talking about how the crimes of of Juliet sounds like a Hallmark movie title. And then Sean says, Jules would never do a Hallmark movie. (laughs) Right. And so like with that, I just thought it was, you know, it worked very well. Um, They kind of continued their tradition of referencing other properties on the USA channel by having uh, two different wrestlers make cameos in the, in the movie. And while one of them wasn't even a cameo, one of them was an actual character uh, with Charlotte Flair uh, playing a female villain in the movie. And with John Cena showing up at the end of the movie, which is um, him coming back as his character as Juliet's brother. And so with that, and they, they brought back a few of the other characters uh, from the show. Uh, Ralph Macchio comes back as the cowardly cop that teaches at the academy and yeah and stuff like that and they were able you know they brought back Woody and you know of course the captain's back and stuff like that so it to me it worked very well I I understood the motivations and to me it just kind of made sense I I liked uh the the mini sub story arc that came with the uh the jewelry fence character 
with how they were able to trick him. And then they brought back McNabb just to play the character that was, you know, helping <laughs> Sean all the time. Uh, trick this guy into believing his visions and stuff like that. And they kept up with the tradition of, you know, with the references because the psych, psych Francisco office is done to be a 100% like accurate recreation of the uh, Chinatown shop from Gremlins. Mm-hmm. And they make a few references to that. And I liked the fact that like everybody thought he was crazy for it, except for like Juliet. Like she 100% understands why Sean would want to do that. And yeah, that's I think true. It's, I think it's funny that at the end of the movie, that even John Cena's character is like, oh, that's nice. Kind of shows that, you know, that her family would kind of understand that. And you yeah, know, like how he they would fit together. in with her family. Yeah. And so they, you know, it kind of shows that and it works very well. Um, so, and I, I just, I, I really kind of liked how they played into this movie and just how it was done overall. I, I feel like that movie lent itself to being a movie instead of an extra long episode of the show which is where I tend to see the downfall in movies made of TV shows. They just feel like extra long episodes. Yeah. Which feels a little cheap to me because then and if it was, was during the, the, the show itself, you would just do a two part episode of the same thing. And that's all it would be. Yeah. Um, I think of like a good comparison to that would be the X-Files movies. Uh, I thought the first X-Files movie which is done ingeniously too, because it came out in the summer, if I'm remembering correctly, between the fourth and fifth seasons of the show. And it actually tells the story between the fourth and fifth seasons of the show. At the end of the fourth season of the X-Files, the government or the FBI disbands the X-Files. So when the movie starts, the X-Files isn't a thing anymore. And there's this whole thing and they go through all the stuff and then they kind of end it with the X-Files being recommissioned. And so when season five starts, the events in the movie took place. The X-Files are recommissioned. The oil aliens that were a part of the storyline of the movie, it ties directly into that episode. So it just kind of worked really well together. And then you get years and years and years after the show ended, you get X-Files, you know, two. The truth is out there, whatever the fuck that movie's called. And that movie, well, which is fine for the most part for me, still really just kind of comes across as an extra long hour and a half episode of the fucking show. Like it really is. Like you took two episodes with commercial breaks, put them together, and bam, you have that episode or you have that movie. It's a yep. really long episode. And it kind of shows some of the weaknesses of some things. And I think that very few shows are built to actually withstand that. There's a reason why a lot of shows at most are 45 minutes long or 42 ish, you know? And if you, if it's an HBO show, it's an hour, like, because they would peak around that individual episodes. It's you're kind of pushing how much narrative you can get without forcing too much in or playing with, that that format and so i think when you get like an hour and a half episode and it's not a two-parter you don't get that natural break in anything it feels just very forced and it shows the weaknesses of those storylines and the way the format's built 
So when you have something like X-Files 2, it just really kind of drug out a little bit longer than they could, and there was nothing about it that really lent itself to being a movie versus they could have just done a two-hour special X-Files episode. Even though, like I said, I know the series was gone, but they ended up coming back for two more seasons years and years later. Like this whole thing of shows kind of coming back for a season and stuff like that all started again with the X-Files because they came back for like a six-episode run. Everybody loved it. And they came back for another 10-episode season after that. And people ate it up. It was fucking great. They could have just done a two episode, like like a two part thing. I mean, like, you know, done as a special mm-hmm. and everybody would have eaten it up. I felt like that's what it and if it was kind of pitched like that, I feel like that would have worked better than them actually releasing a movie in movie theaters. That was that all of that being said, I still kind of like it. I'm a sucker for the <laughs> X-Files. So to me, an extra long episode is just nice. But if anybody complains about it, especially when they say it's just a really long episode, I can't fault them for it. I just know I'm a sucker for it. So it worked for me. <laughs> yeah. But no, I get that. It, it does get a little rough. And I think that this the first psych movie, especially, I didn't feel that way. I didn't feel like it was just one extra long episode. I felt like there were aspects of it and the way they told the story and the way they paced it felt more cinematic and i feel like that's why that episode or that movie worked for me in that regard and i can definitely see your point with that and and you're right i do like that they they kind of brought in the whole yin and yang episodes and storyline into this movie because it makes sense because that's i mean that's the famous villain that you know from the show even though they have one in every episode you know um so I, I do get what you mean with that. And I will say for the show, one thing I really liked is the villains. I think all of the villains, they had a, a couple of them. And I think they were all really good villains because they they had personality. And I know we've kind of talked before in different episodes about villains that have no personality. And I feel like this one was full of it because, um, you know, you have, oh, I forget her name, but the one who's Yang's apprentice, you know. Um, they have her who's already kind of, you know, you, you kind of, she's a little bit established before the movie, but then you have the, <laughs> what do they call him? A gentleman um, ninja or whatever. Yeah. The n- gentleman ninja. Yes, who had he like is, all he these the gentleman tricks. ninja. Yeah. And like, he was great. Like he was just very funny. And then Zachary Levi playing uh, whatever the, the character he was, who was kind of like the, the uh, second hand bad guy of the movie was good too. And it just, they had good villains that were different, but it worked together as a group of villains, you know? Yeah. And the person you were looking for, her name's Amina Suvari. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I can't people, remember her name in people, the, what's her character's name? Oh, she's what's the name? Uh, Allison. Oh yes. Allison. That's right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it really kind of worked in that. And I, I liked the fact that they did do that slight misdirect with it, with, you know, the Zachary Levi character being the white Duke and all this other stuff. And everybody, you know, you knew early on he wasn't going to be the main villain because he even said so. And that was kind of part of the mystery mm-hmm. that it helped elevate. But it was still kind of compelling to see all that. And then just to have him literally killed right before like the end like you know 
climactic sequence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is very much in line with the whole yin and yang, like villain archetype. Like it very much fit, like the, the usefulness of that guy was done. So it's like, oh, I'll just kill him now. Right. No, that's true. See, the more we're talking about it, the more I'm like, I see a little bit more of why I should like it more than I did. So I might give my score a little bit higher now. <laughs> well, I mean, so do you want to score the first movie? I mean, I say why not? All right, we'll go ahead and score it then. I'm going to give it, I mean, I definitely do recommend it, especially if you've seen all of Psych. And I mean, to be fair, and I'm just going to throw this out there, my score for Psych as a TV series is probably like sitting at like 97. <laughs> um, the movie, and like I said, it wasn't my favorite. It, it wasn't what I was hoping it would be as the Psych movie. But it wasn't bad. It was just different than I thought it was going to be. It had just a slightly different feel for me. But I'm going to give it, I'm still going to give it a 85 gentleman ninjas with their excellent skills while Sean and Gus aren't paying attention out of 100. See, you actually gave it a higher score than I would give it. And you're <laughs> really? talking about how you didn't like it. I mean, honestly, in, in I would give it an 80 psych in general. I w- I'm oh, just okay. saying I'm just saying this, the first psych movie, I would give an 80, which I think is a fucking fantastic score for a TV movie of a TV <laughs> show. And see, 80 was going to be my score before we started talking about it more. And I gave it a, a bumped it up a bit because talking about it, I was like, OK, I like it better than I remembered. So it was originally going to be 80. I mean, I guess. I guess our bar for what that movie was supposed like we thought it would be or like the, the starting level was, I guess, in different places, because I thought doing a fantastic <laughs> job as with what it was is an 80 to me. And uh, see, I guess because I'm, I'm comparing it with what I would give the rating of the show versus the movie. And I think maybe that's what I was considering where I would set my bar. I mean, at the same time, I guess for me, though, I guess my score for Psych the TV show would be i guess drastically lower than yours even though i i i do really like the show i mean i guess to me the show as a whole i would give maybe an 80 um 80 85 somewhere in there i mean because to me it doesn't hit like the utter highs of like the all-time tv shows that i love and Mm -hmm. i can't necessarily just give it points for the fact that i can watch psych i mean i do yearly rewatches of of the wire of band of brothers of, I mean, I'll, I'll X-Files star Trek law and order. I watch law and order on a daily fucking basis. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Granted there are 20 and I'm talking about original, none of the other seasons or the spinoff bullshit. I'm talking about original recipe, 13 herbs and spices law and order. And there are 20 seasons that I watch it on a daily basis. I will watch Murder, She Wrote all the time. And so I don't necessarily give psych points for the fact that I can watch it. And I do just randomly watch it. I can't give it points for that because I can do that with a lot of things. (laughs) I do think at times some of the episodes and stuff like that, that end up being more or less very filler like and stuff like that, or sometimes they rip off something else a little too heavy. like. With you talking about, was it last night, Gus? See, mm-hmm. I viewed that episode in a very negative light because it's a hardcore ripoff of The Hangover. 
It and, definitely is. And just well, and just doing a lot of the things at the times where a lot of these movies will just or TV shows they'll just rip off shit that's popular in movies or whatever at the time. And I don't, so I don't necessarily always enjoy those episodes of it. I do think when Psych does hit, it hits very, very well. I think when it takes missteps, it doesn't falter per se, but it does stumble a little bit when he takes those missteps. And I think those happen at a little bit of a higher consistency than I, I would necessarily really, really love. I mean, for eight seasons and two movies, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little bit tired of the fact that Sean and his dad have the same relationship constantly. <laughs> Every time they come to an impasse and move past it, four episodes later, they're back at the same fucking fight. Yeah. Their, their relationship never evolves. No matter how much the characters evolve, their relationship never does. And that is a little tiresome. It's just so damn constant. And I just don't necessarily feel like that was necessary to keep doing. Like I said, and this is a slight spoiler for the second movie, and I know we haven't even talked about it yet. They do it again in the fucking second movie. Like the second movie, their relationship has had zero evolution. No matter all this stuff, it's the same damn relationship you see in episode three of the series. It's the same relationship they have in the episode or the the second movie that's a little tiresome and i guess that would be one of my big knocks because fuck even gus and sean's relationship evolves throughout the show and i know a lot of people would say it doesn't because of how strong it is at the beginning but i think the sacrifices that sean makes at times for gus shows that they they had that that growth i think his relationship with juliet grows his 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 relationship with Laster grows. I mean, his episode with the, his relationship with the captain grows more than it does with his dad. <laughs> and at what point are they just going to actually accept the fact that as much as they butt heads, they're also the same person in a lot of ways. You know, I mean, one of the yeah. episodes I watched recently is the one where like Sean's mom comes back and Sean blames his dad for you know her leaving because while he might have kept the house and stayed there he felt like his dad left them even though Sean his mom is the one that actually left he feels like the the dad's the one left and the mom's like no I'm the one that left and then he's like realizing that while his dad wasn't trying to change to be a different person now to win back the mom he was actually just still trying to win her back because she left and he never stopped loving her Mm -hmm. And Sean realizes that in a moment after they fight and all this other stuff. But then like two episodes later, they're having the same fucking fight about it again. It's fucking tiring. I'm like, what is the point of having that realization if you're going to forget about it right after? Although it is interesting because that's I I do see that. That's completely true. There are moments, though, where there's some episodes where when they have a good dynamic or they're like on, on good terms with each other, it's a really great dynamic. Um, like the, I think it's the football well, episode or it, baseball it, one or something. Yeah, well, no, it is. It's a very good dynamic when they're t- like, when they're on, you know? Yeah. But that's what I hate is it feels like the show constantly feels like they have to reset it to get back to that point. They can't just have right. them get to that point and stay there. It feels like they have to reset it every few episodes. They have to get to fight. They have to argue about the same yeah. shit. 
They have to have the same mentalities. They have to argue about this, like the same fucking things just so they can get back to them. Oh, it's special again. Like, no, you, you can just be fucking special. That's okay. Everybody accepts Sean and Gus's relationship as being a special relationship. Mm-hmm. They don't have to constantly reset them. Even though they do sometimes, they fight a lot about the same shit over and over again too, though. But yeah, at least with them, they, do. they don't, it doesn't feel, I guess, as hostile as his relationship with his dad. Because they do not have a healthy relationship. It is very hostile, very, like, angry, like, angry relationship. And I guess when Sean and Gus fight about the same shit over and over again, at least it doesn't feel as angry and as mean. Yeah. Nope, I get that. And to go back to your point about the, like, the last night Gus episode. um, And I think that, and along with a couple of other ones, I think the reason I like it is because I like seeing those dynamics of characters that you don't normally see. Like last night, Gus was all of the guys, you know, it was Woody and it was Lassie and Gus and Sean and Sean's dad. Like it was just all of them and just how they were being with each other and the situation that they were all in together. I think that's why I enjoyed that. It's kind of the same thing with the, the episode where Sean and Juliet go away for um, a retreat, uh, like a lover's retreat thing. and. It's, you know, Gus and um, Henry and Lassie all hanging out together for the weekend. And it was so good, like, because you don't get a lot of the dynamic. And so when they did them, it was just extra special because you're like, this doesn't happen often. And it's a really it's just funny because it's just cool to see how they are around each other in different like this different environment, I guess, instead of just. You know, I'm a detective. We're hiring you as consul, um, as consultants and whatever. It's like an actual relationship with these people outside of that. And it was just cool to see that. And even the one where Lassie gets married and, you know, he has like a bachelor party and um, his wife has her bachelorette party and just kind of just seeing them out of their normal element. And I think that's why I like those episodes. I mean, I get that. It's just I, I wish they could have done it in a better way. Too much of a ripoff for you. <laughs> yes. But on that note, let's go ahead and talk about Psych 2, Lassie Come Home. So with that, uh, let's go ahead and just talk about, uh, kind of give your non-spoilery impressions about it, and then we'll give her recommendations and scores and then move on to spoilers and stuff. Okay. So Psych 2, Lassie Come Home. Again, um, I was excited because... Psych can do as many movies as they want, and I'll probably still want to watch them. And I was also excited because I grew to like Lassiter's character so much in the the latter seasons of the show that I was excited he was back. And I thought it was a cool thing that they did where they kind of made the story about him since he couldn't even be in the last movie. So I was excited for it. I thought it was going to be great. Um I will say that there are moments that I really enjoyed about it. There are moments that aren't my favorite. Um, Again, it's not what I would have hoped it to be as a whole. And it's definitely not as good as the first movie, I would say. Um, It is, and I know that you'll probably talk about this a little bit, but yeah, it doesn't really have a movie feel to it um, as much as the first movie did. And, you know, I, I think that some things come back to back to true form 
in this movie, but I do also think that it's lacking in a lot of ways. It's lacking in more of a compelling story. Um, it's lacking in just using and um, utilizing storylines and characters as much as they could have. Um, but I mean, it was still, it was still a fine movie. I mean, I, you know, I, I wouldn't say obviously, you know, it's my favorite TV movie. It's not as good as the first one, but it's okay. It's fine to watch. Um, and yeah, I would say, obviously, if you've seen the other movie in this, the show, watch this one too. Um, if you're a fan of Lassiter's character, watch this one. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I guess I would recommend it still. I mean, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't highly recommend it, but I would still recommend it. Um, I'll give it, let's see what will I give this one. This is tough. Okay. I'm going to give it, um, I'll give it, mm, we'll give it 73. Um, Chief Vic's dog, dog is crazy and runs away all the time out of a hundred. Oh, wow. I didn't realize we were combining all of that. Uh, oh, sorry. I thought we were going to do the score too. <laughs> okay. Sorry. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. All right. So, I mean, for me, kind of in the same tone then with that you did, I would say that my big issue with psych Two: Lassie come home is the fact that, like I was saying earlier, it's a very extra long episode of the TV show. Nothing about it is necessarily cinematic or necessarily needs to be long form. I think some of the story elements that they bring into this are a little bit played out. And I don't think they necessarily hit as well as you would necessarily come to expect with something like this. I, I will say that I do also appreciate that they kind of focus some of the major aspects of this movie around Lasseter and kind of tied it into some of the, the things that have happened to the, uh, the actor that plays him's life. Like they had him get shot like six times and have a stroke so that they could explain why the actor had limited mobility from having a stroke in real life. And I guess I also didn't realize how bad his stroke was because he is very limited and especially years and years later. And that was incredibly surprising to me. Uh, but with that, I think that this movie just ended up being overall a slightly weaker effort. I don't think the villain quote unquote in the motivations played out as well as they did in the first movie. I think they were a little obvious in some instances with some of that stuff. And it, it just didn't flow as well as one would hope. Uh, so with that, I'd say, I don't know, I guess I'd give it a 65 uh, Norwegian ice bars and how weird of a concept that is out of a hundred. Uh, so now, okay. now we can go into spoilers and everything with that. Um, yeah, that fucking storyline with, or the, the aspect of the storyline, cause it's not a full storyline, but the whole idea that they find a pregnancy test in Juliet's car and they're like, Oh my God, she's pregnant, blah, blah, blah. And then it turns out it's Gus's now fiance at the end of the movie. Uh, who's the one that's actually pregnant. I saw that right. thing fucking coming nine billion miles away because nothing about mm -hmm. Juliet's character was acting like she had a secret to tell Sean, but Gus's uh, fiance did. 
You know, it was just very obvious where that was going. Juliet had ample opportunities to constantly tell Sean that she was pregnant, if that were to be the case. And then also how she was acting not around Sean or anything like that. None of that indicated that that would be the scenario that they were trying to more or less like fake implant into our heads. And it just, it did not work at all. And I know that that influences a lot of the behaviors with Sean and Gus, especially and Henry, you know, Sean's dad and stuff like that towards the end of the movie, you know, that kind of plays into a lot of how they act with stuff. And just none of that was necessary because it was just so obvious it was fake. I mean, I guess you could understand from a character perspective why they would think that. But from an audience perspective, it does not hit in the slightest. It's just incredibly obvious and just kind of lame when it happens because of just how poorly it was executed within the storyline. And I mean, also the whole storyline with why Gus can't communicate with his girlfriend in this episode because he downloaded a a Jamaican emoji app that gives his phone a billion viruses. Then how the fuck is he communicating with Sean? How does he know to come over to like visit Sean so then they can go down to Santa Barbara? It makes no sense. He can get a hold of Sean, but he can't talk to his girlfriend. And like, why would they feel the need to hide the fact that they're working on a case from his girlfriend? It just, none of that makes any sense. All of that is built around to give that false sense of separation, to give her urgency to have to track him down so she could tell him she's pregnant. It just, it doesn't work. And also in what universe of psych, if you can't get a hold of Gus, do you not just automatically call Sean? (laughs) I don't, I know they're fictional characters, but I know if I need to get, to get a hold of Dulé Hill (laughs) in real life, I could probably call James Roday. There's a good chance I might be able to get a hold of Dulé Hill. So it just does not work in that way. And yeah, it just, it, it, it makes a lot of the movie fall flat because so much of the movie is weirdly based on that. And it just, it, it, it gives it a very inconsistent tone. And then you have what's her name from scrubs and Roseanne fame playing mm-hmm. the nurse. It's incredibly obvious. She's going to be the bad guy. Well, also, yes, the doctor of that hospital is also another character actor, which is always kind of one of those things where if you recognize the actor, he's going to be a bad guy, kind of just like the Norwegian guy, (laughs) the dad that they find in the freezer. I know him from a few other things. He was also on like Hell Hell on Wheels and stuff like that, where he plays a bad guy in a lot of things. So you know that certain aspects of him, while he didn't necessarily end up being a bad guy, and that was a false, like it was a red herring for that, but like you knew it was going to go that way even before it got to that point. You knew at some point they were going to think he was a bad guy because I know him from playing a bad guy in other things. That's just how they cast things. And so mm-hmm. with this, while well, you knew the doctor was going to be a, a fate or at least a, a, a person of interest in their investigation, you knew also at some point the nurse was going to have to be that also because you know her. So why would you cast that character if it wasn't going to be of something of importance? And that just makes everything kind of fall flat in this, you know, because, you know, when you have in the first movie, when you have what Zachary Levi and uh, Mina Servini, uh, 
Savari, whatever the fuck her name is. I always mess up her name. Anyway, her <laughs> like, but when you have Zachary Levi, you know, from the get go, he's a bad guy. I mean, granted, that's also when you first see him, he's already a bad guy. So you at least already get to the point that the famous person's the bad guy. It's like an episode of law and order. Whenever they get a famous guest star, they're rarely ever like a victim or a witness or anything like that. They're always a bad guy. That's just kind of how it plays. And it's, it's just obviously the same in this. So there's just no real like, umph. there's no surprise. There's no, you know, gotcha moment. It's just very, very, very paint by the numbers and plays out exactly like a normal episode of psych does, but it takes twice as long. And that's just very, very disappointing to me. I understand some of the motivations, especially when it comes to Lassie. It's just everything else kind of played a little, a little slow because like I said, it's the same plot structure as a normal episode. They just stretched it out. So it plays slow. It plays inconsistent. And I just, it really, it felt a lot more forced than I think the first movie did to me. And that was just a little disheartening. Yeah. I mean, I think you're right on the nose with saying it was a weaker effort. I think that's the best way to put it. And while the jokes aren't necessarily like when they're doing their subtle jokes that they do, those aren't forced still. But you're right. The story in general and how they move along things is definitely forced in this one. And I mean, in all honesty, I do like part of me really does feel like this movie was literally just made for the sake of we need to do a psych movie, but have Lassie in it. Um, You know what I mean? And like, and that's fine. And I totally get that. And I get why they based it around him. And I get why they wanted to do that because it felt more like we have our whole psych team here if he's in the movie too and all that. But it almost does feel like that was kind of their sole reason for making the movie was just so they could have one with Lassiter back in it. And, you know, and so they were like, oh, if we're going to have him back, let's just base the whole story off of him. And then it just felt like beyond that, they didn't put as much detail into this movie as they did in all of the past things they've done. So I definitely agree with you on that. And um, yeah, the the whole like pregnancy mystery thing is it absolutely was super obvious, too. And then, you know, whenever... um whenever Sean is, you know, hallucinating and he sees Mary and talking to baby Mary and he's saying things like, Oh, Gus, you're, you know, you're, you're always, you've always been somebody who would be a great father or whatever it was he said about that. And it's like, yeah, we get it. Cause you're, you're making it obvious that he's the one who is, <laughs> you know, um, I do like that they made Dulé Hill's actual wife, the, the girlfriend in this. I thought that was like really cute. Um, but and I do also think that I, I like Sean and Juliet's dynamic again in this one better. Um, I think it was more true to how they were in the show. Um, just personal preference. I feel like it, it just seemed a lot more like they were how they were when the show was going on more so in this. Um, but yeah, it just it wasn't compelling in a sense. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, everything was very obvious what was going to happen. Um, and you're right, too, about when you have big names, you got to know that that's probably going to be who <laughs> who the bad guy is or who the villain is. And these villains were not interesting. The first one they were, this one they they weren't. There was nothing 
captivating or compelling or interesting about any of these villains in this movie or this, yeah, the second movie. And that didn't help either because that was a huge part of kind of what made parts of the first movie so funny. And in this one, it's just, they're almost like a non-factor other than the fact that they just have to have a bad guy in it, you know? So yeah, I, I can see your point with it. It's it's just a, a lacking effort, a weaker effort for sure. And um, I will say it was, I am glad I saw <laughs> Sean's dad back to his normal, who Sean's dad is in this one. Um, and it was just funny that he was kind of like renting out or allowing people to, what was it, rent out the psych office for like whatever pop-up thing they wanted to do in the moment. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny um but yeah i mean i just i feel like um kadeem hardison who plays the the guy who is in that wheelchair in that place where lassie is that they think is faking it i i mean i think they could have used him more like he he ends up being a bigger deal or a bigger part of the story towards the end but I mean, Kadeem Hardison is great. I just really like him. And I just think they could have used him earlier on um, more than they did. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm always a fan of when Mary, Mary Lightly comes back and he's, you know, he shows up in, as a random cameo in the movies. But his cameo in this one was kind of just meh, you know, it didn't really mean anything. It wasn't what those cameos usually are. And so that was a little bit lacking as well. But um, and then I think Chief Vic was not in it nearly as much as she should have been. I've always been a fan of Chief Vic. She's, you know, um, I mean, she's definitely not a main main character, but she's always just had such a great relationship with the other characters. And she's kind of like that voice of reason and wisdom for them sometimes. And I just think that they could have used her a little bit more in this movie as well. And it was also weird seeing Lassie as like a softer, more serious side. Like it was weird, but I also, I liked it. Like I just really, you know, it, like you could just tell that as the story goes, probably and probably in real life, what he suffered changed him. It kind of changed his mindset. It kind of changed who he was as a person. And you see that development in this. And I did like that. Although I missed the normal like Lassie's quips back and forth with Sean and Gus, you know, which didn't happen as much in this. But at the same time, I, I think that Lassiter was probably more of a standout in this movie than anybody else. And that's probably on purpose. But I think that he was more um, I mean, the whole reason of why, you know, he got shot and all that stuff wasn't really that that was kind of like a lack lacking story as well but his character in the movie i think was more interesting than most of the other characters in this one i mean i can agree with that it's just i don't know when everything else was kind of so dull around him it it, it dulled a lot of uh of his stuff with me too hmm. but i mean i don't know to me his stuff was kind of more understandable so you know his right. limitations yeah. and everything like that were way more understandable than some of the other things going on so yeah and it was nice to see like him and Juliet's like relationship and their friendship in it because they've always kind of had that mutual respect and like love for each other as 
partners and, you know, the trust with each other. And you just see that kind of still throughout this film, which was good. But yeah, you're right. I mean, it's just like it it was just it needed to have a better story. It, It just overall Lassiter's story, like the the details of that story and what develops from that should have been more. And just in general, the movie, it just yeah, there there was nothing surprising or like twisting or where you're like, oh, like in the first movie, when you find out that it's Allison, who's the main bad guy, like that was kind of a twist and a surprise. And in this one, there's nothing because you're right. Even the nurse was kind of obvious that she was going to be somehow involved. So, yeah, it was just like a they're kind of making this movie just for the sake of it, um, which is fine because I'm sure they were like, you know, making these movies with you guys is fun. So let's do it. But they just yeah, it was a little bit it felt like less effort than normal. I guess another reason why it fell so flat for me was the fact that like the people that shot Lassie really didn't know Lassie before they shot him. And you would think with the type of cop that Lassie was and all this other stuff, he would have enemies and that they could have tied it into that and made it more personal to him. But yeah, exactly. It was just a circumstantial thing. And I think that that's what made it fall a little flat, especially with the movie like this, when you were able to bring in personal connections to Juliet and Sean and everybody else in the first movie. And this one felt so impersonal with it. It just, it would have made more sense to have it tie in. Yeah, I agree with that. And I do also something else. I I mean, I don't know what you what your thoughts are on Gus and Selene's relationship. I liked in the first one when they first met, like just realizing they're basically the same person. Um, And it's funny. But in this one, she came across more as just irritating than she was just funny and like a female Gus. Um, And also, I mean, I get the whole like. I don't know. I I get their whole dynamic and she's like the pursuer kind of in a lot of ways. But Gus throughout the show has always just been like this hopeless romantic, you know, very, um, you know, wants to woo a woman type of person. And so I just think that it would have been better for him to actually be the one to initially propose. Like, obviously he did. But if it had been more of like a even adding that element of like, He's afraid to see her because he's nervous because he wants to ask her to marry him or something like that. And then he ends up being the one to propose. I think that actually would have been better than her just doing it. Just because I feel like that's something with Gus and who he is. Like, he's probably like, oh, I planned the perfect proposal. Like, you know, I just feel like that's more something that he would have done as that character. Well, I I think if they were going to have them get married and have a kid like they're obviously having within the show's context. I think it would have been more made more sense that her character is not introduced to us until the first movie. So this is only our second time around with her. And we've Mm -hmm. seen her and Gus together on screen for a total of maybe what, four minutes, both movies combined. We've never actually gotten to see any aspects of their relationship. So to me, it would have made more sense to have her be in this with him more. That's totally true. That type of ending. Yeah, because it would have made you feel more like excited for them or something, you know, but you're right, especially because she didn't show up till the the first movie. So there's kind of a lot of ground to cover there, especially knowing Gus's history of, you know, failed relationships and the women that he's gone after. Like, it would have been nice to see that aspect. I mean, especially because of how close Sean and Gus are. It did not seem like her and 
Juliet had spent much time around each other. Yes. Yeah, very true. So it just never really felt like they were all as close of a group as you would just assume they would have to be because of how much Sean and Gus are always around each other. Right. So I think it would have been interesting to see more scenes of her and Juliet, more scenes of her and Sean, and especially more scenes of her and Gus together. Yeah, like a scene maybe where they're like on a double date and just because, you know, Sean is so particular for Gus about like if he's going to approve the woman that Sean, that Gus is with, you know, like just seeing that their banter back and forth the way that Gus and him banter, like just seeing that and how they get along and just seeing all of that, all of them together would have been really nice. Yeah, I agree with that. Or maybe at least just have it when her and Juliet are around each other that they f- they at least feel closer than they do. In the, in the show, mm-hmm. it feels like they haven't talked to each other in like four months. Yeah, like it's just like, oh, this is just Gus's crazy girlfriend, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah, it just, it didn't feel like that type of relationship to where they're having a kid and getting married and everybody's happy because of it. It didn't feel like that was built in between the two movies. Yeah. And I feel like that I was agree. another big missed opportunity that they kind of just spent on that crazy plot of her being pregnant and hunting down Mm -hmm. Gus the entire movie. (laughs) Yes, I agree. Yeah, they just, there was potential to make this so much better than it was. And and that's unfortunate. But, um, but yeah, I just think it's, yeah, there's a lot of potential and missed opportunities with characters and storylines, all of it. Yeah. And I think that that's what is, the most disappointing about this movie is all the pieces are there. They just did not put them together as well as they have in the past. Yeah. I guess maybe, maybe Woody's character was a little bit more consistent with how he normally is. Cause he's just so random and just does the most random stuff. So I did appreciate that stability of Woody being Woody. <laughs> yeah. But that's kind of a hard thing to break. <laughs> Why? Cause he's just so good at. No, I'm just saying that that, that character there's, no reason to bring him in if he's not going to be the exact same character as he always is. That's true. <laughs> like if you're not going to bring him in to do the same thing, then you're just not going to write the character. Right. Yeah. But any more thoughts about psych before we're done? Um, no more thoughts. Just, you know, if they do make more movies, I will still watch them. Um, I will. Yeah. I'll probably still be excited, even though <laughs> the, the quality of the films themselves for it um, went down pretty drastically. But I think, you know, maybe if they got their footing a little bit or were able to spend a little bit more time on it, they could make some really great other movies. Obviously, I don't know how much more they do because at that point, you know, just do a whole other season or something. But either way, um, it's still fun and enjoyable. And it is still something that I wouldn't mind Psych 2, you know, I wouldn't mind watching it again. Um, I wouldn't mind having it on in the background like I do with normal Psych episodes. It's okay. It's it's still a fun, it's still fun in part. And just the idea of knowing that it is a Psych movie in general is like, for me, I, I'm I'm okay with that. <laughs> Even if it isn't quite up to the standard that I would like it to be at. It's still fun and it's still the site characters. And that's what I love about the show. So um, it's it's passable, I guess. 
I mean, I get why they would rather do movies than like another season. It takes way less time. They're able to still do all their other projects. You know, it's just yeah, a lot true. easier to do a movie at this point, especially because, you know, like Dulé Hill's been doing more TV. James Rodriguez has been doing uh, his show on ABC now, which they also reference in this. Maggie Lawson was in a different TV show that got canceled. Then she was in a different TV show that got canceled. You know, what's his name? Timothy uh, Odmanson had a stroke, but he was also doing other TV shows and stuff like that. He was a semi-major character in the TV show Supernatural for a season. So, I mean, I understand why they'd much rather just do movies at this point. But, I mean, I guess we'll just have to wait and see as to whether or not they're going to, you know, end up doing a third one, which I think they will. It just kind of makes sense to do a third one. Um, Yeah. And if they do, I mean, I think it would be nice for them to like, because I just feel like the ending of the first one was so good with um, John Cena coming in and it looked like something crazy was about to happen. I would have liked to have seen part of that in this movie. Um, So maybe going back or kind of referencing what happened there and having him more in a third movie, I think would be kind of cool. Yeah, but I think it'd be kind of hard for them to go back into like the past to do that because they already kind of moved on with this movie. Yeah. Missed opportunity again. But, I mean, it would be nice to bring him in. But also, that's the other bad thing about it, too, now, especially at this point, versus at the the last, uh, the first movie, he's a way bigger movie star now. <laughs> that's true. Like, John Cena was kind of a household name back then. He is a full-on household name now. Right. That's so true. I think it'd be a lot harder to get him to sign on for that, just because I don't think they could afford him. <laughs> <laughs> I can actually see that being a problem. And maybe that's why he wasn't even in this one. I don't know. But yeah, that makes sense. I mean, because he was kind of more of a wrestler when he was on the show. I mean, he was. He was just a wrestler on the show. And he had kind of started transitioning a little bit into, you know, more acting than wrestling when he just did that, you know, little part at the end of the first movie. But he was still yeah. a part of like a big part of like the WWE uh, roster and stuff like that then. Now he's not, you know, so I think it'd be a lot harder to get him to sign on to it now because, I mean, he is probably the biggest name other than having that quick cameo of Val Kilmer at the end of the, the, uh, see, or the show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when it, the, the, in the series finale, you know, it's, I think that'd be a little bit tough. I think they'd have an easier chance of getting like a Despero or something like that for a third movie than they would necessarily getting Man, a John yeah. Cena. That's, even, that's sad too. He even if they, he should think, have been in it. Even if I think they wanted to do like the John Cena into the first movie, that's the second movie. I think he was just way too big, even back then to do more than a cameo <laughs> at the end of the first movie. I, I just don't think they would have had a shot of really doing yeah. a movie. And with that him. is, and it's interesting because, yeah, you bring that up, too. But, yeah, I think that Despero would have been a great option to have as some part of one of the movies as well. But you can only do so much with them, you know, when it's just a movie. Um, and also, like, you're right, because they have a lot. They have a lot of, like, really good guest stars that when they were on the show weren't a big deal. Like Carrie Washington, before she was a big deal, was on there. And now, I mean, they definitely wouldn't be able to afford her either, you know. <laughs> I mean. They've had a lot of really good guest stars that, you know, now it would just be like, 
you know, they're, they're, yeah, they, they wouldn't be able to afford them now. No offense, but they wouldn't. Yeah. And I think that's what kind of makes them tough. I mean, cause they had William Shatner on for an episode and you know, stuff like that. It's, it's easy to do some one episode like things where, you know, cause that's where shows like, like parks and rec and, and the office and stuff like that have had some big name actors just come on for an episode here and there. And, uh, or even like Brooklyn nine, nine, stuff like that. I mean, they're able to have like a guest star real quick. Cause it's just a short half hour episode that they've got to film, you know, that's way less time than a movie that's going to, especially when it's just going to end up on a streaming service or on the USA channel. <laughs> yep. So I think it's going to be, it would be tough either way, but on that note, guys, Thank you for listening to this episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. Check us out on uh, the internet at www.cinemaslayers.com. Check us out on Facebook at Cinema Slayers Podcast. Check us out on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Cinema underscore Slayers. We do have some more episodes coming your way. We are doing. We are going to be doing the first episode of our worsts list. I won't tell you whose list that's coming off of or what movie it is. You just get to be surprised by that next week, even though this is the bonus episode for this week. So either way, it's coming your way. Keep an eye out for that. And other than that, guys. Oh, and as of the day of this recording, in like three <laughs> days, I'm getting my voodoo shark tattoo. So you'll see some pictures, some videos and all that other stuff of that coming your way. So just as always, guys, remember, according to Justin, even though he's not here, Moon Knight is a Best Picture winner.